Um, in Matthew 25. Gonna be in Matthew 25. By the way, as you're turning, um, one, we hope you guys bring your Bibles, but if you didn't know this, um, and I, don't, I can't remember if I said this or not, this, this whole series is kind of loosely based slash inspired from a book by uh, a guy named Craig Rochelle, and, um, and he's, a, he's a pretty brilliant pastor and author. Um, but this book is out there, and some of you, um, every once in a while, you're looking for kind of reading on the side, and, uh, and that would be an awesome thing for you to pick up. He, he's very, very, very easy to read. So if you're thinking like he's one of those pastors that kind of uses big words all the time, it's totally the opposite. Um, he speaks so anyone really could understand it, um, and he talks about five things. Um, by the way, this, this series really didn't follow um, the book all that closely. We just kind of talked about kind of our stuff and what, you know, we, what I kind of prayed about, what I felt like we needed to talk about. So he talks about some other stuff. And so if you're thinking, man, we just did this series, why would I go read it when we just talked about it? Um, it's different, it's different content. So if you're looking for something good, um, he's written a lot of books. And so um, any of those would be good to pick up. Um, so that's, that's that. Um, we're going to dive in to the last week of Weird. Um, and um, so we've got some cool stuff ahead of us, but um, to kind of recap, man, we've been all over the place, um, and it seems like we typically don't do series for like five weeks straight, and so this, well, and really it's four weeks because one of those was Sundays, but um, one of those was Sunday morning. But we've been, um, we've been talking about the area of courage and how Jesus calls us to kind of jump into the miracles that, that he is performing um, and into the mission that he is he is already working in, and he is sending us all into. And then we talked about money. Uh, we talked about how um, all the stuff that God gives us is not our stuff. It's his stuff. Um, there's the principle of the tithe. He, he just asked that we bring 10% back. Um, it's, it's less of an ask. It's more of a demand. Uh, it's more of a commandment. But, but that is so that um, it, it funds the church. And then what he says is, is to be a good steward of the rest of the 90 um, and, and that he'll bless us in that. Um, we talked about weird burdens um, and visions for, for the work that God has us on. We talked about Nehemiah, and, and that, was, uh, that, was a, that was a good week. All of these, by the way, we record these, and, and they're all on a site called Vimeo.com. And, uh, and if you guys want links to that, um, if you're thinking like, man, I, this is the first week I've been here, I'd, I'd kind of like to check out, um, we would, we, I'd love to give you the link to that. And so we can send you... I also post all those on my, on my blog as well. So just if that makes it easier, um, cool. And if you don't care to watch them, that's cool too. Um, so anyway, there's that. Um, last week we talked about relationships. Who was here last week? Okay. Um, we talked a little bit about um, Abby's Burden and, and Charity Water, so it was kind of short. But what we talked about was, was relationships. We talked about sexual temptation and how uh, God has something to say about that. Um, by the way, if this is weird to you, think about it. Jesus was a human um, and was tempted in every way that we are. And so Jesus was, was perfect, right? He never, um, he never gave in to sin. And, but think about it. Jesus was tempted sexually. Um, you don't hear a whole lot about that in the Bible, but he was tempted in every way that we are. And I guarantee um, that he was tempted in that way too. So we didn't really hit that last week, but I thought it was just kind of interesting to think about, you know, that, that everything that we go through, Jesus has gone through too. We're going to talk about values tonight um, and, and specifically um, what that means in, in your life. But, 
But the whole, if you are coming into this series kind of new and fresh, um, and you don't really know kind of where we've, where we've been with this, we're talking about this idea of weird, not because we want you to be weird. We kind of talked about that the first week, how um, I grew up with this idea that Christians, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be a nerd, right? You're supposed to have the pocket protector and like the, the glasses, like, and back then they were dorky and now they're cool. Now you're a hipster if you wear the glasses that were dorky when I was your age. So um, rock on with those glasses. Put your duct tape on them. It's cool. I get it. Um, it's awesome. Um, but I had the idea that you had to um, do all of these things to be a Christian. And, and first and foremost, you had to be a nerd. Um, you couldn't be cool because cool was, was like anti-Christian. And cool was parties on Friday night. And cool was, you know. And, it, and I had the total wrong idea about it. I kind of associated uh, wrong things together. And, and what we have been saying is that we want to be weird because normal isn't working. And normal is going with the crowd, going, uh, going with like the culture, just kind of giving in to, to what's popular. Um, so if it's popular or if it's normal to sleep around, then go ahead and do that. Because if that makes you pop, popular, then let's, let's go for that. You know, or maybe weird, um, you know, would be like saving money. Maybe weird is, is actually being obedient to tithing. When you work and you get a paycheck, and let's say you make $100 in a week, to show up on Sunday and to give $10 to the offering plate to the church is weird, right? Like, keep that. The normal life is like, let's see how much I can build up. And what, what God would say is that if you really, really want to love money and love to, to build, build up your own wealth, um, that, then you can't serve God and money at the same time. And so you're going to serve one or the other. Um, and so normal is, um, normal, is, is doing those, normal is doing the things that land people in despair, and, and, and you don't hear that side of it, right? You don't see in the ads, you don't see the despair end of what happens when you get hooked on cigarettes, right? You don't see the despair end of when you're an alcoholic down the road and you have, like, you have walked away from your family and, and you have no one left because you've hurt everyone around you. Um, normal, doesn't, it doesn't show you all that stuff, right? Because normal's trying to make money off you as far as ad campaigns, Normal is trying to get you to be popular, which popular um, is a moving target, and popular doesn't fulfill you. Like at the end of your life, you don't look back. Um, this is what I think about me and, me and um, Jared, we're, we're dumb, and so we quote dumb movies to each other on a regular basis. And the other day, we were quoting Napoleon Dynamite. Who's seen Napoleon Dynamite? Right? Um, and he sent me a text um, where Uncle Rico, I should have just brought the video. What was I thinking? Um, where Uncle Rico is sitting on the, uh, on the porch with um, Kip, uh, which, by the way, is why you are not allowed to call my son Kip. Um, his name is Kipton. It's not Kip. And ever since Napoleon Dynamite came out, um, you're not allowed to call my son Kip because of who he is and how he acts. Um, so there's that. But um, they're sitting there, and you kind of see um, Uncle Rico kind of dreaming right, and, and his really awesome polyester pants and this weird shirt, um, and, and he, I think, if I'm correct, he grabs a steak, because Napoleon's driving up with um, Pedro on the back of his bike, and so <laughs> they're riding up, and uh, Uncle Rico says, check this out, grabs the steak, and chunks it, and hits him in the face, and it's hilarious, and then what happens? Uncle Rico says, I bet you I could throw that football a quarter mile. 
I bet you I could throw the football over that mountain. And it's just like, there's this kind of moment where you're like, this is like an old man who still is dreaming about his high school football days. Normal, right? It's the wrong kind of weird. I'll throw that out there. If you run into Uncle Rico, I got, for the record, this is, I wouldn't plan on talking about this. When I lived in Ohio, um, that's when Napoleon Dynamite came out. It was real popular. And, and this, um, this group scheduled this big event. And it was to go watch a hockey game, um, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then after that, there was this room that all these youth groups went to. And they watched Napoleon Dynamite. And you got to meet Uncle Rico in person. And um, he is a dirty old man in person. Uh, <laughs> he made sexual jokes uh, about girls at a youth ministry event. Um, and we're all like, oh, did anyone tell him this is a church event? Like, he's talking about how hot the girls were on the set. And I'm like, oh, this is so bad. And my kids are like, that's awesome. I want to be Uncle Rico. I'm like, no, 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 wrong target. Like, he's like the same guy. He's the same guy as he is in the movie. So, anyways, forgot what I was talking about or why I told you that story. Yeah. Okay, so like he he had this popularity, right? The the high school quarterback that wins state and all that kind of stuff. You might end up looking like Uncle Rico. And some of you <laughs> don't use a scripture against me, Cassie Strickland. All God's creatures are beautiful. That's awesome. Um Popularity, man, it's just, I don't think it's what we need to be after, you know, um, status. And, and a lot of you, you're not going to know that until you're done with high school and college. Um, and you're not going to listen to anyone that has anything to say about that because the reality is what's in front of you. The reality is that you've got to do these things to have status and power and, and popularity and all those kinds of things. And, and you're going to go after that. And, and I just want to speak into your life. Um, people like me that are on the other side of that are looking back and saying, please don't chase after those things because they are fleeting. They are fleeting. They, are, they, are, they will not stay with you. Um, and, and those people that like praise you because you're popular, um, they're going to be gone in a couple years. And listen, like all of that praise and all that, it's going to build you up and it's, and it's a lie, guys. You're going you're gonna to crash. And so there's all these things, there's all these, these, are all these statuses that we could chase. Um, the weird life, Guys, it's, it's a life that chases after Jesus, and that's it, and that's it. And listen, I totally get that it's weird if you build your life around that. I totally get that you're going to be unpopular. I get that you're probably going to get made fun of. I've heard stories from some of you guys about what you've dealt with because you stood up for Jesus, and like all of a sudden, like you realize that that's not such a popular thing to do, that you went into that science class and you said, well, I believe in creation, and you realize that it's not super popular to say that. You, you commented on a Facebook status that you didn't agree with maybe because um, it was about faith or it was about the Bible and you realize it was unpopular to believe what the Bible says. Um, and, and I totally get it. But what I am calling you to is the fact that there's, there's um, a man named Jesus who walked this earth and, uh, and he made promises and he claimed to be the son of God. And listen, he made good on all those promises. And I truly believe, um, I, I know that there's people in here that don't believe that. And that's awesome. We're, we're, we're glad you're here. Um, but we want to change your mind. That's my goal. Just if, if that's a surprise to you, welcome to church. Um, but, but I want to change your mind because I know that God has been with me since the beginning. 
I know that he's come through on his promises. I know that he's trustworthy, even in the hard times. Um, And so all I got to say is, guys, if you're chasing the normal life, um, like I said, a lot of you are going to have to learn the hard way because because you're hard-headed. You're hard-headed, and you're not willing to listen to to wisdom from, from people that have been there before. And I'll talk to you in 10 years about what happens when you chase popularity, what happens when you chase status, what happens when you chase that relationship, or, or you just kind of let yourself, you know, give in to sexual temptation or money, whatever it is. Um, I'm just saying, Jesus is worth it, and no one else is. Nothing else is. Um, Jesus is who we should be chasing. So we're going to talk about values tonight. And values should have really been at the beginning of the series, but I wanted to, to begin with courage and end with values um, and here's why. Values are, are what you consider significant, what you consider important in your life. Um, values are the things, like, if you probably wouldn't use this term very often, but you, you can also define pretty quickly what you value um, if you were just to look at your life, maybe just a given week. And I know that, like, the fall is different from the spring, and the spring is different from the summer because you spend your time on different things. But just as a whole, like on average, what do you spend your time doing every week? Right? What do you spend, like, how much time do you spend on video games? How much time do you spend on homework? (laughs) 26.2 hours exactly. How much, time, how much time do you spend with that boyfriend or that girlfriend? How much time do you spend thinking about that boyfriend or girlfriend when you're not with them? And add that amount up, right? You're with them, you're not with them, but you're thinking about them, add that up. Some of y'all are pulling out your calculators. Eight hours, seven, three and a half. 23. What you spend your time on is what you value. What you spend your money on is what you value. We talked about this a little bit, so I'm not going to hit it too hard, but what you spend your money on. If you make 100 bucks in a week, what do you spend it on? That's what's important to you. That's what you value. That's what you're investing in. But seriously, what do you spend your time on? And I know that you've got to factor in sleep, and you're kind of like, does that count? Because I, like, I have to value sleep because I'm a human being. But I get it. I get it. How much time do you spend, here's the guilt trip, reading your Bible? <laughs> Wet blanket. Um, What you spend your life doing is what you value. What you spend your life doing is what you value. Now think about it this way. Um, Some of you, you know that you should be doing other things with your time, right? You should be reading your Bible more. You should work out more. You should do more homework. You should, like, spend more time with your, your parents, You may not think that, but you should. 
I don't know where you're at, and I know there's kind of like, like a lot of murmuring, and that's cool because you're thinking about it. But what you spend your life doing is what, you're, what you value. Now, I want you to... I want you to let that statement bother you, but I want you just to give me the next maybe 15 minutes just to kind of show you a passage, and then I want, I want you to maybe spend some time thinking practically what that looks like. Um, some of you have been in this youth ministry long enough to have kind of done this illustration before. It's not the first time I've done this before, but, but I do want you to maybe spend some time thinking, like, what do you spend your life on? You know, how many hours do you give to practice that sport every week? And how many hours do you give to, like, Netflix, right? You're just like, I have to watch the next episode because it was a cliffhanger. That's the end of every show. It's the end of every show. There's got to be a stopping point, right? I know exactly what that's like. I know what it's like to start watching a show on Netflix, right? And this was, this was me, like, a couple years ago. It was Lost. And then it was, woo, yeah, the best show to ever hit TV. It was 24. I mean, you can't watch one episode, right? You get to the end. And then by the end of, of it, you've watched seven episodes. It's four in the morning, and you're like in a cold sweat, like in your bed, like, what's going to happen to Jack Bauer? And it's like, your life, right? Your life. Some of you, it's, it's, like, it's like Instagram, right? And listen... We know it because you, you, like, you like people's photos as, as soon as they post them. Some of you are pointing fingers, and that is rude. Hey, can we just all, can we level the playing field for a second? Let's level the playing field for a second. Nobody's perfect, right? We, did, we didn't come in this room tonight, um, whether you've been coming here for six years or you've been coming here for, for, you know, like nobody's perfect. And we don't come into this room because we're perfect, right? I, ho I hope that that's clear for the record. Kind of going off, uh, off to the side here for a second, like, I hope that you guys know that, and I can only speak for Indian Springs Youth Ministry, although I put a lot of stock in all the youth ministries in Sling County. There's not a youth pastor in this town that I wouldn't trust. Um, with, with students, with, with, with my family, I, we, Sling County has amazing youth pastors. I am, I am the least of those, and I know that. Um, we have amazing youth pastors in this town. But I hope you know that we in the church don't come here because we think that we've got it all together, that we're perfect, that, you know, like I've got a relationship with Jesus, so I'm good. And like, if you don't, then that's your problem. And listen, that's not why we come in here. We're, we're a bunch of people that have our, our mistakes. We have our sin. We have our stuff that's wrong in our life. And, uh, and no one's perfect. Everyone in here has regrets. Everyone in here has stuff that they look back on and they're like, could have done it better, right? Wish, wish I wish I didn't have to say that that was my past. But you know what? We're all on the level playing field, myself included, because no one's perfect in here. And so let's just throw this out there. Whatever you have been spending your life on, 
And like for some of you, it's, a, it's addiction. And you're kind of like, I have to spend my life on it because I don't know how to break that addiction. Some of you are like, you know, I, I, it's not necessarily addiction, but I don't, I don't want to stop this. It's a relationship. And I just, it's so comfortable. And, and I just, I know that I should be following Jesus more closely, but this relationship is, is everything to me. And I don't know where you are tonight, but I just want to introduce something to you. It's, um, it's Jesus telling a story. Um, this isn't like a true story. It's, it's called a parable, and it's meant to, uh, to kind of share a truth with you guys, um, with all of us. And so it's going to be, um, it's about 16 verses long. And so we're going to read it all because it's, it's important. And, and some of you probably haven't heard this before. It's going to kind of change your mind about some things. Now, we have to kind of define a couple things before we talk about it because it's called the parable of the talents. And the talents specifically are a unit of measure for money. And so back then, it was kind of like, it, I mean, it was, it was a lot of money. It, well, like a denarii uh, was like one, one day's wage. Um, this was like a lot of those. And so today, this is, I think, like back in 91, when, when one of these commentators that I studied um, kind of helped us understand what that was, it was like 2,400 bucks. Um, and so this is not a, a little money that we're talking about. It's a, it's a lot of money. And uh, basically, there's a story about this guy that, that he has to go away, and so he needs three different people to manage his money, and, and he gives one, one person, uh, one, I'm sorry, one person, one talent, another person, two talents, and another person, five talents. Um, and so that'd be like giving somebody one dollar, you know, two dollars, five dollars, except way, way more money. But just in your head, if you're like talent, like, because the word talent is, is different in today's uh, vernacular. So that's, that's where we're going to be. Matthew 25, chapter, four, I'm sorry, chapter 25, verse 14, and the verse is going to be on the screen if you don't have a Bible, but we certainly uh, would encourage you to bring a Bible. Okay, so it, for it will be like a man going on a journey. And Jesus is kind of talking about life and like specifically um, what he gives to you and what you do with it. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them um, his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his ability. Guys, that is so important. Because what he, he didn't do, he didn't, like this would be fair, right? I'm going to give you all five because that's fair. He didn't do fair. He gave them each according to his ability. And he wasn't saying that the, the one talent person's lazy or stupid or anything like that. He was saying, listen, he, different gifts. I'm going to give him one talent. This other guy, he, he has different gifts. They're unique, okay? So, so don't think like the one talent guy's a, a moron, um, and so that's why he only had one. Although you will see the one talent guy's, he, he fails in this story. So then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So, he also, uh, so also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. So let me throw this out there for just a second. We'll read the rest in, in just a minute. The one talent guy buries his money in the ground to ensure that he can give it back. The other guys kind of gamble with it a little bit. Now, they're investors, so, so it's not like there's a difference between playing the slots at the casino and giving your money to an investor. Like, those are two completely different things. Can we agree on that? Like, one is wise, one is very unwise. Um, and so, and some of you are like pro casino and whatever. I'm not trying to fight you on that, but I'm saying the, the, this is an investment, 
not gambling. Um, but in a sense, there's risk involved in investment. They risked the money, and the one talent guy didn't. Um, next slide, please. Verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Um, and by the way, I'm sorry, I should have said this in the first place. The master is God and the servants are us. So if you're new to the scriptures, that's kind of how that works. This is a story and he's kind of illustrating it for us. The master comes and settles accounts with them. He who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of of your master. Okay, so, so good things. The next guy. He also, uh, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered me two talents, and I've made two talents more. His master says the exact same thing, nothing different. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered, scattered no seed. Um, like, you get the take from all this, and you didn't do the work, is what he's saying. It's a little daring. If you have, how many of you work? Like you have a job. This is like telling your boss, like, I do all the work, and you get the benefit. Except he's, this is, he's talking to God. So, kind of crazy. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, here's your one talent back. So here's the next one. His master answered him, you wicked and slothful or lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. Okay. Um, it's kind of harsh. He's, he's getting kind of mad. So take the talent from him. He's talking to like his servants at this point. Take, his, take the talent from him. And, and give to him, the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, there's, there's a lot going on here. Um, and, and so there's, 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 there's kind of two different stories here. Um, not necessarily two, but there's two different elements, and I'm only going to talk about one of them. But let me throw this out there. The, the reference to weeping and gnashing of teeth is specifically eternal punishment, eternal separation from God. We're talking about this person is going to hell. Now, now this is a story. So this isn't Jesus saying, I gave that person one talent, two talents, and then five talents, and the one person goes to hell. What he's saying is this, because the talents are an illustration for something bigger. The talents, and what's interesting about this is if you read the commentators, they kind of equal the talent with our definition of talent. And, and, and so it's kind of funny. It's not just talking about money here. It's not saying God has given you a job and you make $100,000 a year, but this other person makes $250,000 a year, and each to, according to his ability. And if you bury the $100,000, um, then you go to hell. This is not about money. Right Now, there's, there's an element at which this is about money because God gives you um, everything you have, all the resources. And we've kind of talked about that over this whole series. We, we did talk about money, and we did talk about what you do with that money um, being important. We talked about the fact that it is God's, 
And we talked about this word called steward, which means you're a manager over that. And so if you're an unfaithful steward or an unfaithful servant with the money that God has given you, then, then you've got a wrong idea of the fact that, one, it's not your money in the first place, and two, God is calling you to be faithful, and he's calling you to be um, like a good, a good manager over that and to understand that if it isn't mine, right, if it, like you take care of it. Like if, if, I, if someone lends me a car, which I really, really don't like um, to borrow cars because I'm, I'm just afraid I'm going to wreck them. I, I, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Um, my my friend was able to drive a '65 Corvette to prom because the guy that we worked for had this '65 convertible baby blue um, Corvette, and it was awesome. It was awesome. And I wanted nothing to do with it because, again, repeat. I don't want to wreck this thing because it's not like you can go to AutoZone and, and buy parts for the '65 Corvette, right? It's just it's an old car, and I'm not trying to mess with it because it was his prized possession. So Clint. One of my really, really good friends takes it to prom, and we're driving it. Um, we, we worked at a trucking company, and what we did was we worked outside in the, in the dead heat of the summer um, and painted buildings, like big buildings, and we had rollers. Not spray guns, rollers. That stinks. And by the way, if you want to know how bad it stinks, it was next to an animal byproducts plant. Do you know what those are? That's where they... Do things to dead animals and process them. And, and I don't even know because I don't want to know. But I do know what it smells like. And it smells like death. <laughs> Ten hours a day. In the heat, smelling animals, flesh burning. It's terrible. And so one day he comes out to us and he's like, you guys going on lunch break? And I'm like, yeah, do we get like a three-hour lunch break? Because I hate my job. And I was that guy. I hate to say it, but I was kind of lazy, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's go on lunch. She's like, why don't you guys take the Corvette? And I'm like, <gasps> are you serious? So we went where anyone would take a 65 Corvette to McDonald's. <laughs> so we're driving down the road, and uh, I'm in the passenger seat, and I'm just like lapping this up. Like there's people watching us, and I'm like, I drive a Buick Century. This is awesome. Like I, I hate driving my, no one looks at me. Everyone is just like, like, ew, what is that? that that's terrible. But we're in a 65 Corvette, and it just feels good. And uh, it had a loose transition, though. And it was just kind of hard to, to shift it in the right gear and stuff like that. And, uh, and Clint was doing a pretty good job because he knew how to drive a stick. And he had dri- driven some old cars with, with those kinds of transmissions. Anyway, we're... We're driving in, in the turn lane at this point, getting ready to cross traffic to go um, to pull into McDonald's um, like you do in a 65 Corvette, and, uh, and he kills it in the middle of the road, and there's a semi coming at us. And I did that. Like, there's no words. There's no, like, do this, do that. It's just like, Hoo! you know, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. No clues at this moment. And this semi's coming at us, and you hear that wah, 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 with that Jake break, you know, and, and like he stops like within probably about 20 feet of us, and it's just like, I've got chills thinking about it, because we were in this man's 65 Corvette. We totally didn't tell him when we took it back. He's like, man, it drives great, it's awesome. Here's the keys, I don't ever want to drive it again, you know, <laughs> like, oh, it was terrible, it was terrible, um, and so... We drive back, we give him the car, and, and you know, like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to drive that car, mainly because of what just happened, but, but because I don't, I don't want to, like, wreck this guy. It's his. 
That's his stuff. Like, you want to take care of that. Um, that's, kind of, that's kind of the same, same idea. Like, we don't own our stuff. And, and God is calling us to be managers of what he's giving us, given us. Now, what's interesting is, is if you read this passage and if you read what the commentators have to say, they do talk a lot about the skills that God has gifted you with. Specifically, Christians, um, there's a moment when you get saved, um, and by a moment, I mean in that moment, um, you're given a couple things. You're given the Holy Spirit. We've talked a lot about that before, um, and he's there to accompany you. I mean, this is God living inside of your soul, um, and he walks around with you, and Hebrews 13.5 says he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Guys, it's a promise that you can take to the bank, God living inside of you. The other thing is, is you get spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, um, uh, in, a, in a short definition, are, are for you to serve other people. And so there's lots of them, and we're actually going to talk about those in detail um, this December. So I'm not going to go into it too deeply. But you, you've get, you get spiritual gifts, and those are not to serve you. They're to serve other people. And so they're like service, and they're teaching, and they're mercy, and they're gifts, and all these kinds of things. And to each person are given unique gifts. And, and it's very, very similar to what's happening here in this passage. Each person is, is unique, and because they're unique, they're uniquely gifted differently um, for their different gifts. And you have this, this passage here where two of them are faithful, and one of them is unfaithful. And, and what's interesting about it is I just kind of want to dive in um, just for a second. I, I just brought three points, um, and, and then we can be done. But just kind of diving into to, to what we see happening, um, the first point is this, that the master gave to each according to his ability. And, and it's right there in the scripture, so I didn't reword it or anything. But here's what that means to me. Here's what it should mean to you. If you, have, if you have an issue, like when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, you know, and we talked about how God doesn't make junk, right? He doesn't make, like, you, you were perfectly made. God, God created you and he crafted you. In the womb, he knew you. And so whatever it is that you struggle with when you, like, when you look at yourself, or maybe when you're like thinking, I wish I was good at that, I wish I was better at that, I wish I wasn't so stupid, I wish I wasn't so, like, whatever it is, um, you were made uniquely. And so if if you're one of those people, and that's most of us, that struggle with with either it's self-image, or more specifically, what's on the inside, like, I wish I was smarter, I wish I was funnier, I wish all those kinds of things, God has uniquely created you, and, and get this, he's uniquely gifted you. And so it's not like God is up there saying, I'm going to give you five talents even though you don't have the talents to match up with that. Like he gave the one talent person one talent's worth of, of money slash work. Um, and it's not just that the person with one talent was, was, was stupid. The person with one talent was stupid because he didn't do anything with it. Right? But it has nothing to do with the fact that he was given less and so he was an unfaithful servant. No, because they did, um, like the, the second person and the third person, in fact, this is my second, this is my second point, um, they, they had the same response from God. They had the same response from the master. One person made two talents because they were given two talents. One person made five because they made five. Here's what's interesting, and guys, this may free you to the, the ends of the earth. God does not expect you to do the impossible with what he's given you. That's his job. That's his job. Here's what's interesting. 
Think about percentages. Don't think, well, two is more than five, so the two, the, the two talent person was more faithful um, than, than the one or, or that the five was more than the two. Here's the thing. The two talent person and the five talent person did the same with the percentage of what they were given, right? It was 100% yield. So they did the work to, to bring the same percentage of work. They were given the same response and God was after them just doing the work, like getting, getting their hands dirty with it, like working. He gave them talents and it yielded fruit. The one talent person didn't do anything with their stuff and that's what angered the master, right? And there was a little bit of sarcasm in there. He's like, you should have just put it in the bank, right? And you, you should know, um, like if you put like $5 in a savings account, that might get up to like $5.03 in 10 years, right? It's not going to be much. I actually, um, it's interesting that we're talking about this today because um, my parents sent me um, a savings bond that my grandpa set up for me in 1993. I was 10 years old. Um, he set that up. And I don't know how much he bought it for, maybe 20, 25 bucks. Um, in, in, in 20 years, it matured to a whopping $54, right? Right? Like, yeah, I'm rolling it. I'm going to Wendy's tonight. Yeah, I'm getting the Baconator. Not just the son of Baconator, the Baconator. Some of you guys are like, he doesn't need a Baconator. Can someone just tell him that? I know that. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Um, the, person, the person that had the two talents yielded the same fruit as the five-talent person. And, and because we're Americans, we like to think, well, the five-talent person ha- ended up with 10. The two-talent person ended up with four. Listen, there's, there's another story in the New Testament about a woman that brings the little bit that she had. She brought all of it. She had this jar of per- perfume, and she did with it all that she knew how to do it, which was to anoint Jesus' feet. And then you've got Judas over here, who's the money manager. He's like, we could sell that, and we could give it to the poor, And what he really wanted to say is we could save it and, like, buy the new Jordans. We could save it and buy that new Bentley. We could save it and then get a really nice house. Like, we could, because it was a lot of money. And I'm, I, this is how I imagine Judas saying, because like I said, he was the money manager. And what we know is that he's a, he's a shady dude because he sold out Jesus, right? But here's what he says. Like, we could have sold it and give it to the poor. Like, I'm sure there's a pause moment where he's like, don't say something selfish. Give it to the poor, right, to make himself look good, right? We could have bought more Christmas presents. We could have went out to eat, right? We could have gone to the Sizzler. What's the Sizzler? It's an age issue. It's an age issue. Not Western Sizzling. They are different. They are different. Oh, because we love Western Sizzling. Same, right? Here's the deal. Here's the third point. Here's the third point. The unfaithful servant had a wrong idea of who the master is and what he wanted. The one talent person buried their talent. They didn't do anything with it. God gave them gifts. God gave them talents. They did nothing. They just wanted to walk up and have have this safe approach to, to the master, a safe approach to God. Like, you saved me. 
and man, I'm going to go to heaven. I didn't really do anything with my Christian life, but I'm, are you ready for me, God? I didn't do anything. Here's the thing. I'm going to wrap it up. Because I, I think that we're worse off. And here's why. There's nothing in this story about a person who used the talents on themselves. I've got to imagine that Jesus would have nothing but, but harsh words and condemnation for that person as well. And I think, I think that what we, we're looking at here is a person that has one talent that is unfaithful with them probably didn't get it in the first place, right? Think about it this way. And I, I hate to use a Michael Jordan quote to like close this thing, but it makes sense. You guys know where I'm, you the basketball players know where I'm going with this because you had it on your wall, right? You miss every shot that you don't take. You miss every shot that you don't take. And you know what? When God gives you gifts, when God gives you talents, when God gives you money, and you use it either for nothing or use it on yourself, that is the picture here of what, it's looked like to be, what it looks like to be unfaithful. And when God gives you gifts and talents and abilities, when he gives you words, when he gives you a youth group that takes you to a camp every year where you get to like focus on God for a whole week and then you come back and you do nothing with what you learned, when you don't invite your friends to church, when you don't help your friend that's struggling, that's what it looks like to be an unfaithful manager. When you, when you love your youth group because it's, it's, it's mine, right? Because they're all my friends and I don't, we don't really need anyone else, right? Because it's comfortable like it is. We don't need this room full. We don't, we don't need to pack more chairs in here. We don't need more people here in the gospel. Unfaithful manager. When God gives you money and you refuse to even picture the fact that it's his in the first place. Unfaithful manager. My goal is not to scare you. My goal is not to make this passage say something that it doesn't. My goal is just to say this. God has uniquely gifted and created all of you. And some of you, some of you, let me just throw this, some of you aren't Christians. And that's, I'm glad you're here. Um, and, and what I want to, to make clear to you is that um, you haven't begun your relationship with Jesus um, and just what that looks like is that you recognize that you're a sinner, right? You recognize that you can't do this life on your own, that you need a Savior, that your sin separates you from God, that eventually when you die, you'll, you'll go to hell. Same place as the, the weeping and gnashing of teeth we saw a second ago. Um, but he, he's not even really talking to you yet because there's not a relationship there. Um, but what I do want to invite you to do here, guys, is to consider the fact that if you're doing life on your own, if you are, if you are on the throne of your life, if you're, if you're king, if you're lord over your own life and you're going where you want to go, I'm just going to, in a couple seconds, I'm going to invite you to put your faith and trust in God for the first time. Because if that's where you are, that's, man, that's your step one. That's your step. Don't worry about what all, the, all of what I'm talking about. Like you're you are missing the, the most important element of your life, and that is the fact that you are a sinner and you need a Savior, and everyone here is on the same playing field because we all have sin. 
But you need God to save you. And that needs to happen tonight. But the rest of you, if you're a Christian, you need to have this conversation. What are you doing with what God has given you? Whether it's your, your time or your, your money, right, your stuff, your talents. If all of that is being kind of like you have mirrors set up that all of that is coming right back at you, then, then you've, you've mistaken what this life is about. And I just want to invite you maybe just to spend some time with God tonight and just ask for forgiveness in that way, but just to, to repent of that and to move in a different direction so that we, when we receive a dollar, God, what do you want me to do with this? That's, that's a weird life. And that's, that's the life that God wants, I think. God, what do you want me to do with this? How do you want me to serve you in this? How do you want me to invest this into your kingdom whether it's a skill or a gift or a, a talent or a treasure or your time. Maybe, maybe the weird thing that you need to do tonight is just to wake up every morning and say, God, how do you want me to spend my day today? Every morning. Every morning. I don't know where you're at, but let me just invite you to close your eyes for a second because I, I just feel like we need to spend some time to, to respond. I'm going to give you just a couple minutes to respond. Um, why don't we all stand up just because I think somebody's probably going to need to get up and get in the aisles and all that kind of stuff. We have, um, we have adults. Just keep in the quietness of the moment. We have adults that would love to talk to you. And I'm just going to kind of ask those uh, couple adults that, that are counselors, go ahead and come on forward. And, and, and guys, let me, if you are a, a person who, who has not received the forgiveness of God um, and you want to do that tonight, I'm going to invite you just to step out and to grab one of our counselors and we'll, we'll have a chat. If you're, if you're a Christian and you know that you haven't been faithful with what God has given you, I um, mean, you need to step out. Counselors are here. The altar's here. If you just kind of want to pray for a minute, it's up to you. And some of you are just like, man, it's, it's quiet and I don't want people looking at me. And, and here's what I got to say. This, this youth ministry has never been built on, on you hiding your faith, right? The Christian life is not about you hiding your faith. So if, if you have business to do, let's do it, Right? Let's not hide it. That's not what this Christian life is about anyway. Let's be bold. So if you have business to do with God, let me just, as I pray for you, um, you can step out right now, right? You can step out right now. Father God, I thank, I thank you for these students. Lord, I thank you that, that you've given us this story um, that reflects what you want for us. And I guess... It's counterintuitive to think that you've, you're okay with us taking a risk of what you've given us um, to step out and to do something with that. And, and I know that, that if I'm given something, I want to kind of be safe with it. And, um, but you, you call us to step out, just like you called Peter to step out of the boat. One person stepped out of the boat and the rest stayed in the boat. And I can only imagine that that the faith that Peter had to step out of that boat in that moment, it pleased you and it honored you. And it was like one of those talent managers that, that he, he bore fruit with what he was given. And we know that he, he bore fruit because there came a day in, in the book of Acts where he got to preach and, and thousands of people were saved. <laughs> and I just, can't, I just can't get the pass. Sometimes we get hung up on our failures, and I know that there's people in here even sometimes including myself, that, that let our failures um, get us hung up and, and, and let our failures kind of distract us 
from what you want for us. And God, those, those guys, they risked failure and they invested and you were happy and, and, and you said, well done. And you gave them more. You made them responsible over more because they were faithful with the little. And God, I just ask that right now, um, there's students in here that are doing business with you and that there's anyone else um, that they would step out. And it's in your name and pray. Amen.